0: Would you please turn your Bibles to John chapter 19? We're starting a brand new series entitled Godfidence today on all of our campuses, and uh, it's going to be absolutely powerful. I would encourage you, here you go, Pastor Nathan, to uh, really come fired up. This is a series you don't want to miss one Sunday, and I understand a lot of people are backslidden on vacation today, but you are here, and uh, that's okay to backslide on vacation, but uh, they are missing out because God's got a powerful word. If you believe that, can you shout a great big amen? So let's just release him and not be envious. Amen. Well, listen, I want to talk to you today about confidence. There's a big, big difference between confidence. And confidence, and if you 're following your church app, that we have a very thorough outline of the message that you can go to right now. The Google Dictionary describes confidence as an assurance, freedom from doubt, belief in yourself, and your abilities again belief in yourself and your abilities and I believe that all successful people that they they, uh, they believe that a, a lot of times that success comes based from their Confidence, and the only problem I have with that is people who are confident in themselves, it can have a tendency to blow up their ego and create pride. And how many recognize that pride is not your friend? As a matter of fact, um, the Bible says that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So, that's an instruction from the Word of God that we are not to be prideful, we're to be filled with humility, giving God credit for everything good in our life. Can you say amen? amen. So, so here is a, here's another definition from the Urban Dictionary. The opposite, this is Godfidence, the opposite of self-confidence, which is what the world preaches for us to have, we need confidence, but listen, but not one that gives credit to ourselves or blows up our ego, the one that gives credit to God. How many of us want to live lives of success but give credit to God? Can you say a good Amen. I just want to make sure that the Lord is the one that's lifted up and He deserves all the credit for anything good that is happening in our life. Here's a scripture that we're going to hang our hat on. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. The Bible says, And now, dear children, remain in Him, so that when He is revealed, we may, be, we may have joyful confidence and not be ashamed when we stand before Him at His appearing. Now, I personally believe that we are the generation that is going to see the return, the glorious return, the blessed hope of the Lord Jesus Christ when He comes and takes us to heaven. Is there anyone else other than me that's excited that the Lord is coming back for His people? Can we just put our hands together and say, thank you, Lord? He's coming in the clouds, every eye is going to see Him, and He is going to take us to be to, to our forever home in Jesus' name. Well, as I, I prayed about the very first uh, message for our Godfidence series, I thought, you know what, we're, we're going we're gonna to visit something that is of the utmost importance. I want to talk to you today about we can have Godfidence, we can have confidence in the finished work of Jesus Christ. In the finished work of Jesus Christ, and I'd like you to, right now, let's go ahead in uh, John chapter 19, beginning in verse 28. The Bible says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, He said, I thirst. Now the, the vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled the sponge with sour wine. They put it on hyssop, and they put it to His mouth. Now listen very closely, verse 30. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, what does your Bible say? It is finished. On the count of three, let's say it out loud. One, two, three. It is finished. And then he goes on to say, and bowing his head, he gave up the spirit and died. Father, would you take the next few moments, and I pray that our hearts are prepared through powerful worship, And, uh, Father, we thank you that the Word of God will not return void. It's powerful. It's active. And it's going to bring needed and necessary change to each and every one of our lives. Father, I pray that you would speak to those who feel like they're failing, those who are beginning to believe the lies of the devil, that you would speak to them clearly today, that you would build them up in their most holy faith, Christianity today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk to you about these words. It is finished. And I got to thinking, well... Well, what is finished? Is there anyone in the house you have got some unfinished projects at the house? I mean, I, I know I'm meddling right now, aren't I? You can walk through my shop and you can see all kinds of things that I've started. I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than starting something and not finishing something. I am grateful that the Jesus we serve, he didn't just start something, he finished it when he screamed from the cross, it is finished. Now, all the wives, go ahead, go ahead and nudge your husband right now and say, you need to start finishing some of those projects. Go ahead score some points with the ladies today. So, I got to thinking, well, well, Lord, you, you scream from the cross. It is finished. What's finished? Three things. Number one, the Old Testament work of Jesus Christ was finished. It is finished. Number one, the Old Testament work of Jesus was finished. Jesus' sacrifice for sin was not an afterthought, by God, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world according to John or excuse me Revelation chapter 13 verse 8. Revelation chapter 5 verse 12 says, "Worthy is the lamb who was slain." I love what Max Lucado, he writes that the moment the forbidden fruit touched the lips of Eve, there was a shadow of the cross that appeared on the horizon. We have a beautiful picture of the horizon we want to put up right now. And this is a place where I just want to live. It's that place where heaven and earth meet. All the resources of heaven, all the power and authority of God meet with the people on earth that desperately need His grace, His love, His mercy, His salvation. Can you scream a great big amen? That's where I want to live, lead, and love. I want to be a person who lives in the horizon, that place where heaven and earth I love that. Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The cross isn't something that happened to Jesus. It was all a part of God's plan. It blows my mind that God intentionally planted the tree from which the cross would be carved Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world I don't know is there anyone else grateful that Jesus placed the iron ore in the heart of the earth from which the nails would be cast why did he do that because Jesus is the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world in God there are no accidents the cross was not something that happened to the Lord It was all part of God's divine design. And I don't know about you. Is there anyone else that you're happy that before there was a sinner, there was a Savior? Come on, can you say good amen? Before there was a sinner, there was a Savior. And His name is one, two, three, let's scream it Jesus. He is the Lamb of God. He is the sinner's Savior. He is the one that died that we might live. Can we put our hands together and say, Thank you, Lord, for dying? In our place. Thank you, Lord. So 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 listen, those who would be redeemed, we were chosen before God created the heavens and the earth. Would you go with me to Matthew chapter 25? Matthew chapter 25. And I want to read just a couple of verses beginning in verse 21. Uh, excuse me, 31. The Bible says. When the Son of Man comes in His glory. Now, these are literal words that proceeded from the lips of the Lord. Notice it doesn't say if He comes again. No, my Bible reads when, the, Jesus speaking, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, listen closely, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, the sheep, those of us who know the Lord in a personal way, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Isn't this profound? Listen closely. Prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Now, if you would, let me give you another one. Ephesians chapter 1, would you please go on your Bibles? Ephesians chapter 1. Just one more verse here. Uh, Verse 2, the Bible says, um, let me find Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Isn't that amazing that God knew the night that I was going to bow my knee before the presence of God 38 years ago and receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Anybody in the house grateful for the grace of God? Can you say amen? the grace of God. Now, now, I've got stories on John Gramps. Well, I got stories on you baby but I can't use them because you got stories on me but John will testify the grace of God was upon my life before I knew him in a personal way you have no idea how many times I shouldn't have made it out of that crash I shouldn't have made it out of that town so wasted I didn't remember how getting there but I made it why because the grace of God was upon my life the grace of God was upon John's life because he knew there was going to come a day in orville California that we're going to make the Lord the the, the jesus Jesus, the Lord and Savior of our lives. Can we put our hands together and say thank you for your grace? But he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, again, it is finished. Well, what's finished? The Old Testament work of the Lord. But listen, he he, he was not yet born in the Old Testament, but he did appear pre-incarnate pre-incarnate. There are many appearances of the Lord before He was born of a virgin in the New Testament. So I'm just trying to tell you that that when you can't see Him, He sees you just because He appeared pre-incarnate before His virgin birth does not mean He was not active. He was always active. He was active in creation. And just because you can't see Him now, I'm just trying to tell you, He is working right now on your behalf. One thing that I know is that my God, when I can't see Him, when the answer doesn't seem to come, I know He's not neglected me. I know He's not forsaken me. He is working. Can you scream amen? Let me give you just some of the for instances of of him, uh, some pre incarnate manifestations. Who was it that appeared to Hagar in the desert? It was Jesus. Who was it that wrestled with Jacob? It was the Lord. Who was it that appeared to Moses in the burning bush? It was the Lord. Who was it that was with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace? It was Jesus. Who was it that stopped the the mouths of the lions for Daniel? It was the Lord. Well, what about today? Who is it that will never leave you? One, two, three, let's scream Jesus. one, two, three. Jesus. Who is it that will never leave you nor forsake you? Come on. One, two, three. Jesus. So, number one, Jesus on the cross screaming, it is finished. You need to understand he was talking about his work in the Old Testament. Number two, he said it was finished. What is that? It's the work of the Lord in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son. When the time had fully come, God sent forth his son. How many generations wept How many generations, day after day, year after day, year after year, weeping out on the presence of the Lord, the incarnation of the Lord, the birth of the Messiah, the prophet that would come. But when the fullness of time had come, the Bible says in the New Testament, God sent forth His Son, born of a virgin. So when the time and the stage was set, God sent forth His Son. Now, let me talk to you about something very profound. Um, John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now get this, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Aren't you grateful God is filled with grace, and He's filled with truth, that literally God became a man. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God became a man, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among. Think with me, if you will. Give me just a little bit of liberty. Deity in a diaper. We just dedicated three beautiful little boys. God became a man, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, And for 33 years, he would feel everything that you have ever felt or will ever feel in your life. That's why he can step in and bring healing when you are messed up because he is the only one that can do that. Everything that you go through in life, he is the answer. Can you say amen? 33 years he lived a sinless life. He felt everything that we, he felt pain. He felt disappointment. He felt betrayal. But Jesus nailed to a cross between two thieves. It is finished. He took on his body our sickness, our sin. The Bible said it was nailed to the cross. His work of thousands of years was finished. As a matter of fact, the three words that he used, it, is finished. I did some research in the original, original language, it's only one word, and here it is. I can't pronounce it, so I'll spell it for you. Here, here's the spelling T E T E L E S T A I. Now, listen to this the cross, Jesus, it, 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 it is finished, but in the original language, it was one word, and it was a word that was used on tax documents back in the day. And you know what it means? It means paid in full. Let that settle in. Paid in full. All of your mistakes, all of your sin, all of the judgment, all of the wrath that we should incur, Jesus looks us into the face 2,000 years ago. Don't you know he sees us and saw us, and he said, your sin, your shame, your regret paid in full. You need nothing more to be born again, nothing more to be set free but the blood that was shed on Calvary's hill. Can you scream a great big amen? Amen. I love that, paid in full. Um, Is there anyone that has ever heard this word, interesting word called karma? Karma. Um, Karma, the definition is simply this, you get what you deserve. Karma, it's gonna come back to you, you're gonna get what you deserve. But Christianity, Jesus got what we deserve. Aren't you grateful that God judged my sin, your sin, through the life and death of his son, Jesus Christ? Isn't that the picture of God's heart? The Redeemer? Redeeming. Can you say a good amen? So 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 the, the New Testament work of the Lord was completed. I want to land with this point. Man, this got a lot of traction in the first service. People went crazy. You ready? Let me tell you what else is finished when Jesus screamed from the cross. The devil is finished. That's a word. Devil's been tormenting some of you. Devil's been messing with you. Devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But when Jesus said, it is finished, I want to let you know the devil was finished. Somebody put your hands together and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You see, if the devil can lie to you and say, oh, I'm very much alive, and you know what? Your marriage isn't going to make it. You're not going to get your healing. You're never going to get a job. You're never going to get out of debt. What they said about you as a child is coming to pass. You are unwanted. You are unworthy of God's love. Or or if you were really a Christian, for Jesus screamed from the cross, it literally means the devil is finished. His impact, his influence through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ had has been severed in Jesus' name. Listen to what Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, I love this. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. When he said it is finished, it literally mean the devil, you are finished. The thing that seemed to disarm Jesus became the instrument of triumph. I I, I want to share just something kind of humorous that I I ran across, a story. Uh, My little daughter, excuse me, granddaughter, Jada Ray Wheeler, she's six years old, cutest little thing you ever saw in all of your life. And uh, um, Jada's favorite person, I guess I just, her papa. Um, She loves animals. She loves animals. Crazy about animals. Bethany and Lucas take her to the zoo all the time. Kelly and I take her to the zoo Maybe a couple of times. He loves animals, but I love the story about this guy is at the zoo and he was watching this zookeeper open the the lion's cage, all plexiglass, and close it, and he went in. And all he had was a broom, and he's sweeping the lion's cage and sweeping it up, and he gets where the lion is, big old ugly lion, and he poked this lion with the end of his his his. Uh, broom, thank you, his broom, and the lions roared and hissed, got up and moved, and this guy's watching this, just freaking out, so this guy comes out, and the guy said, well, what in the world just happened, I can't believe, you walked up to a lion, and you poked it with a broom, and, and it, well, is, is that a tame lion, he said, Oh, ain't no tame lion in there, he said, well then, you must really be brave, he said, oh, I, ain't, I ain't brave. He said, You must have a gun on you, eh? No gun, just got a broom. He said, Well, why did you do what you do and how did you do what you do? Listen closely. He said, Well, that lion's really old and he ain't got no teeth. Right. <laughs> he ain't got no teeth. God, through the cross of his son, has disarmed the pit of hell. Can you say amen? He can growl, but Jesus has. Defeated him through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, our Savior. So when he says you're not going to make it, oh, you can roar, you can growl, but I am victorious because the cross, listen, God beat up the devil with a big old ugly stick. The cross, you're not going under. You're not defeated. You don't pray for victory. You pray from a place of victory because your God is victorious. Somebody scream amen. Amen. Your kids are going to serve the Lord. God's going to bless your life. The enemy is a liar. Jesus said that he doesn't just lie. He's the father of lies. And I don't know about you, but I want God's Word to mark me. I want the Word of God to speak louder than the lies of the enemy. Can, are you with me? Can you say amen? I don't want people who don't like me telling me who I am. I don't want the enemy telling me who I am. I want God to tell me who I am. And according to the Word of God, you are His prized possession. You are a child of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You are victorious. You are triumphant. You're not just a conqueror. The Bible said that you are more than a conqueror. The Bible said greater is He who is in you. That's Jesus and He who is in the world. That's this little bitty devil that he can bark, he can growl, but he has been detoothed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can you scream amen? amen. Um, I, I want just, to just close with something really. Uh, Godfidence. You can have Godfidence. You can have Godfidence in the finished work of Christ. You truly can. It is finished. The Old Testament work of Jesus is finished. The New Testament work is finished. The devil is finished. It's a profound truth that I want to land on. When Jesus screamed from the cross, with you and I on his mind, paying a debt he didn't owe, it is finished, paid in full. Now, I want you to, it's in your outline. I want you to write it down. His finish is our beginning. His finish is our beginning. I want you to get this. His finish is our beginning. Why is John seven years sober? Because his finish is our beginning. Why is Christian faith center filled with people who have been messed up, but now have been changed through the shed blood of Jesus Christ? They're wasted, messed up, but now they're born again into the family of God. Because when Jesus, he said, it is finished, his finish is our beginning. His finish is our beginning. and like, My wife, I guess Nana duty, Nana, come on. Could we dim the lights just a just a a touch? Let me tell you the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a final picture we want to put up. Before they died, Muhammad said, I don't know the purpose of life. Buddha said to his followers, Seek the truth. Confucius said, I am not the way. But our Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His finish is our finish. Um, There's some of you here, and I really felt this so powerfully in the first service, I, I almost couldn't preach. There's somebody here. You're at a crossroads. There's somebody here. When I was a young pastor, I thought it was so cool opening your Bibles too and preach. It was awesome. So cool. Now that I'm not getting older but maturing a little bit, those of us over 50, just give me an amen. It's no longer like, oh, it's so cool. Open your Bible. There's a heaviness, a weightiness that sets in every time I ask you to open your Bible. Because I know there are people here, there are people watching all around the world. You're giving God one more chance. And I believe that there's people here you've given God one more chance. And I pray with every fiber of DNA in my body that you would understand and accept His finish can be your new beginning today. Don't miss this. And there's also, I feel there's quite a few of you, that the chapter in your life has been filled with pain, heartache, betrayal, suffering, loss. (laughs) The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. I believe the Lord wants to write some new chapters in some people's lives today. When He said it is finished, it's our beginning. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, I knew today would be very unique, very serious. Lord, I pray that there's not one of us who would have confidence in us, but we'd have confidence, confidence in you. For you said that you would resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. And Lord, I thank you that you're still working on me. And I know I can say this for everyone. We thank you that you are still working on us. And Father, I pray, I feel like there's several people that you're at a crossroads and you would say, "Almighty God, you have spoken to me today. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go all in." And the first step, sir ma'am, those of you watching, is by accepting Christ into your heart to be your Savior and the Lord of your life. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you need to receive Christ as your Savior. I'm not giving up. I'm jumping in. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Father, forgive me for the mistakes I have made. For the sin in my life, I'm sorry and I repent. You can just pray it under your breath. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior and the Lord of my life. And I thank you that when you said it is finished, it represents a new beginning for me spiritually. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. I want to land in my final call is this. I believe there's quite a few of you that The Lord is desirous to write a new chapter in your life. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. And He is here to do that. Your life can change today. Bondage can flee today. Freedom can come today because He is here. And to those of you just in your heart of hearts that would say, man, I need a new chapter. Let me tell you how to get out of the chapter that's messed up forgive don't become bitter bitterness the Bible says is rottenness to the bones more leaders Christians are brought down by pride and bitterness sometimes we just need to forgive until it hurts forgiveness doesn't endorse what happened it just sets you free of the influence of what happened And God saw what happened. And God is a righteous judge. And he has the final word. So if that's you, I would just encourage you, just like I had a youth pastor 38 years ago say, Monty, you have to forgive him. And it was an authority figure in my life. And I said, but you don't know the pain that he caused. You don't know the abuse that I suffered. He said, Monty, just do it. And I did, and healing came. God wants to put a period in that chapter and start writing a new chapter to get in that new chapter, forgive. Lord, I forgive that person. Doesn't mean I have to have contact with them or restore relationship. I just forgive them. And Lord, I pray that you would write new chapters on the hearts and the lives of your people that you love so very much. And Father, I pray that you would fill them With joy, with peace, with hope, with rest. Some of you are too busy. You just need to rest. With your anointing, with your favor, with your blessing. God, write on the hearts of your people your goodness. In Jesus' name.